With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. The yeas are 50, the days are 49, the bill as amended is passed. Okay, welcome Hacks. We are here in the wake of the... I don't know. It might be the biggest federal expenditure ever passed. Uh, President Biden's centerpiece of his COVID comeback plan, the stimulus bill, as you just heard, passed on a uh, on a partisan basis, not uncommon these days. So what do we think? The politics of it. For this kind of tricky question, there's only, only one person we could go to, our friend, uh, the honorable former mayor of Chicago and all around uh, super Democrat, Mr. Ramsan Emanuel. Ram, <laughs> welcome to Axon Tap. How are you, man? I'm good. One thing I should say, you are you're almost right. This is the largest federal expenditure since last year when the Congress and the president passed it. I think one that was two point two ah. trillion dollars. So but this one was uh this one was meaningful. Aram, how many times did you lecture us in the White House about putting wins on the board? This was a pretty big win for Biden. This is Win with every letter W I N. I just want to prove I can spell. No, that's very good. Capital. Yeah, that's the don't, don't incisive get intellect that the people of Chicago came to uh, appreciate. Appreciate, yeah. yeah. I this is a ma- this is a major major win. And when you start unpacking it, it's Christmas and Hanukkah all together. Oh, a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, this Murph. I will say this. I mean, here's the basic question: When ten months from now, you get to the fork of the road. There's going to be recruitment going on. If you think COVID is running out of control, the fourth variant of COVID uh, is out of control. The economy is stagnating to collapsing. A no vote is going to look great. If you think COVID's under control, the economy is starting to uh, is really roaring. Routine life is coming back. You're going to office. Kids are going to school. You're going back to doing some of your activities. A yes vote is going to look great. And the question is, from a political standpoint. Where do you want to be? I mean, I think a fourteen the voting against that fourteen hundred dollar voting against a child tax credit and the boost is going to come to haunt these Republicans. And well, they, you know, they and I think this is going to be a really, really politically. It's going to take millions of dollars per candidate to explain why you voted against a fourteen hundred dollar check for families struggling to make ends meet. I'll take the other side of it, though. I think okay. most people agree with that political equation. And the Democrats put a lot of hand grenades in this thing, daring for a no yeah. vote for exactly yeah. that reason. Yeah. On the other hand, 
the street talk guys, as we say in Detroit, is, is interesting on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. As yeah, he recalls yeah. from Hollywood. Formerly, <laughs> formerly a larger and more prosperous city than Chicago in the 20s. But we'll save that for another another podcast. <laughs> I, I had a kid call me up who uh, is a good kid working in a basic job in Hollywood. Parents are both multimillionaires saying, what should I do with my stimulus check? I, I, and I, look, economic criticism on this thing has been, I think, legitimate. Now, they didn't have the political power to stop it, and it hasn't always been Republican. I, Ratner, your guy, the auto industry guy, no, no slouch at this road. I thought a very thoughtful critique of it on the theory of it's too big, it's inflationary, the economy's coming back. So I think if this debate politically, is about, hey, we got to get shots into arms, we got to extend unemployment benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it's, it's a good one. People want all that, and that's probably where it'll land. On the other hand, if we have a comeback in inflation, if, if the housing market slows down because mortgages shoot up, if we have a big bad correction in the stock market, which is showing inflation jitters right now, I don't know if this thing six months from now, once people have gotten shots and are feeling better, they're going to get backwards credit for this. Or it'll be back to the old shovel-ready, wasted money, trillions. We have huge waste problems in California, blah, blah, blah. I think there is an angle of attack from the right on this down the road that might be being underestimated. Right? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think when people receive those checks, they are going to appreciate those checks. And there are other things in here that are really, really significant. You know, this uh, child tax credit, which was increased to uh, 3600 per child, uh, per young child, and I think 3000 per older child, building on something that, frankly, Republicans did in, in 2017, except it's refundable now. So, uh, if, uh, so if you are poor, you, you will get a check uh, as well, and it, it's going to come monthly. Uh, and that, you know, the, the, the economists say will cut child poverty in half in this country. I, I think those are meaningful things. There's, there's, they, they built in here greater subsidies for the Affordable Care Act uh, for people who go into those exchanges. That is going to be big for those people. I don't know, Mike. I, I under, you know, I understand that Ratner's sitting over there um, uh, on Park Avenue. Oh, meow. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, no, I, I love Steve. I think he does really great stuff. In the revolution, but, you're going to put but, him in a nice cell, not a bad one. Americans are not are sitting there worried about inflation. They're worried about meeting their expenses, especially given uh, what's happened. And I think, I think it's going to redound to his benefit. And by the way, this child care, this, this child credit, it expires in a year. They're going to have a debate in one year about whether they should repeal that. This is exactly where, uh, and I also think that's going to be the caboose that that's going to be the engine that pulls minimum wage. Here's the thing that uh, I, I, we, we grew up in Chicago, so I'll just make the well. Actually, you didn't. Actually, I didn't. Right? No. Grew up in that. You grew up. I never grew up. <laughs> yeah. Here's the one thing. Richard J. Daly used to say: When you see a parade, get in, get your baton and get in front yeah, of it. Yeah, take credit. If you think there's going to be more vaccines in people's arms, you think there's going to be uh, growth and employment, and the economy is going well, that this vote in the rearview mirror is going to look like you created this event, and you're creating a different reality. If you think you can't buy a home, interest rates are skyrocketing, it will have a different reality. I happen to think the first reality will take hold and a yes vote will align you with what people are experiencing in 10 months from now. And they're gonna say, hey, people that helped us out and helped create this, that's a win. And all the reports coming in right now about the economy coming from 
all the other people Steve Ratner read, they're not talking about hyperinflation. They're talking about the United States becoming the number one economy. It's going to pull the rest of the world. It's going to create uh, 6.5% to 7% GDP with employment going to bigger than pre-pandemic. So I just think aligning yourself with that future is where you want to be 10 months from now. What starts right from now is recruit is recruitment season. And you don't want to be a Republican Party where Trump's going out creating primaries and you have a recruitment season when the economy's going and, co- uh, and COVID is under control. Well, to comrade economist Axelrod's point earlier, I, <laughs> I, um, nobody cares about inflation until it happens. Then they care a lot and it takes over everything. We're see. I think, Rom, if you're right, if this is nothing but boom town, I mean, we've talked about this before, uh, vaccination's done, everything's great, then it's exactly the kind of bump the Dems are going to need in an off year for a new president. And it could definitely work. However, I don't know. I think in some of those rifle shot congressional districts, if we do have some inflation, we get a little wobbliness in in the in the economy. Yeah, it may not be the home run we think. We're going to find out. It's going to get litigated. What about Mansion in this whole deal? Well, he's the president now, apparently, or co-president at least, and shrewd operator. You know, he has power yeah. and he uses it. And I, I like what he did. I'm all for extending unemployment benefits longer. It's the other stuff, giving checks to people, couples who make 135 grand that bug me. Uh, and I don't like the state thing, like a lot of the Republicans. But M- Manchin is adroitly running the Senate now. Yeah, Ron, what, uh, what do you make of the role that he's playing? So, first of all, I want to to slightly calm down people in our party. And I grew up in a time where, you know, you said something to Senator Shelby about Huntsville, Alabama. He switched parties. Okay. The last Democrat to win a county in West Virginia was Barack Obama in 2008. You have a guy who's committed to the Democratic Party, voted for two impeachments of a Republican president, voted, just voted for President Biden's signature item. This is a different animal as it relates to being he's a loyal committed democrat and he's negotiating between his state and his uh national party and i think he's doing it adroitly and he's committed to president biden's success and i actually think it's pretty interesting when you look at the white house they're not where other people in the party is and i think he is trying to be a team player yeah i think as we unpackage the filibuster we'll talk about that in in another segment here but i think Manchin is when you look at going from 400 to 300 and you look at going from October to September on the unemployment check, that's an amazingly cooperative uh, senator. That is not somebody trying to blow something up and then all of a sudden announcing switching parties. Yeah, I don't, I I mean, I agree with you. You know, it's funny, I, uh, way back uh, four years ago uh, when Pete Buttigieg was a, uh, a defeated candidate for Democratic Party chair, if, if you can remember that, uh, he came to the Institute of Politics uh, at the University of Chicago and uh, was talking about, with some other Democrats, talking about the future of the party after Trump Trump got elected. And some kid uh, stood up, some, a student, uh, and said, uh, why should I support a guy like Joe Manchin, who is not progressive? And, and, and Buttigieg said, you know what? I'm for the most progressive candidate who can win. You find me someone more progressive than Joe Manchin in West Virginia who can win, then we can have a conversation. Fact is that Manchin reflects his state. And at this point in time, he is playing a really constructive role. 
for uh, Biden. I don't think the changes that he made uh, were bad changes. Uh, and uh, I, I think he, you know, now we should talk about this, uh, the, the question of the filibuster, because. All right. All right. One, know, one, one sec, Axel, before you before you do the patented Axelrod insightful answer and then switch to the new topic maneuver. Just let me interject for a minute. And I know his <laughs> honor always has Stop a, couple, reading the script, a couple thousand words. <laughs> I agree with all that. And the Dems ought to be smart enough to figure it out. But, you know, there's a long history when our party was like a Javid a senator from New York, yes. where you make the argument to the grassroots that, look, this is the best guy we're going to get in this democratic state. But you guys know primary activists tend to growl a little bit. So he could have a primary, you know, be a tragedy. I don't think he's going to run again. It's my, yeah, that, that might be so it's dumb, but you know, the Nate true believers in the base of each party think purity is the answer. And they, you know, guys like that can have trouble with them. You're right. But you know what? I think Manchin did get challenged in a primary. The last and he'll month. crush him. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I man, Manchin's very, he's popular in that state. He's yeah. popular and, and everything he's doing every time somebody from the left punches him, he gets more popular in his state in some way. So I don't think Manchin has a problem, but he is a he is the key man here, uh, because when you have 50, every senator is an entrepreneur and uh, and Manchin is using the power. He has to play uh, the moderating role he wants to play, which fits his politics in his state. The one thing I would say, look, I talked about Senator Shelby used to be a Democrat flipped in the Clinton budget vote becomes a Republican. But if you go through history, you got Manchin playing a constructive role here. And you notice the White House is not saying anything ill about him. Two, uh, S- Senator Bob Kerry out of Nebraska, that bastion of progressivism in Nebraska, but he is the singular vote that helps Clinton pass his budget, even though he was angry about it, didn't think there was enough deficit reduction. He passes it. Senator Ben Nelson out of the same state helped pass Obama's first deal. His commitment was you got to go find Republican votes and I'll be for it. And also was a key vote for the ACA. So you have these senators who in outposts in states that are not historically uh, conducive to a Democrat who actually helped usher in both Obama, now Biden, both economic and health care plans. Yeah. I think that shouldn't be lost on activists. Yeah. You can beat them up. But these guys are being incredibly right. constructive given their constraints. Yeah, yeah, we were in the same boat with Arlen Specter and a bunch. It's just with the hardening of politics, it's harder for those guys. So let's get to, now that you messed up my segue, let's get, <laughs> get a to fresh the filibuster. By, by the way, I, I just have to say that we got to get rid of the Zoom cameras here because it's now apparent to me that the mayor, I don't think, is wearing pants. And so that's going to yeah. throw me off for the entire damn show. I got shorts. Okay, got, good. Don't start that right now. I have <laughs> I have clothes on, Murph. Yeah. No, no, okay. no. You you it's a, a kimono. It looks fantastic. Well, I'm out west and I shoot myself as you are, so I shoot myself very tight so you can't see my pajamas with feet. Same here. trick here. I've got my bunny. Are those Flintstone that. pajamas that's right? Are you wearing? So feet? can we get to the damn filibuster? Yeah, transition right. time. What do you got, X? Mansion is obviously there are two Democratic there's a lot of pressure from the left to do away with a filibuster and with some good reason. Uh, and there, it's not just the left. I mean, you hear, I mean, President Obama and others have uh, talked about the need to, uh, to do away with a filibuster, which has become an everyday tool for the minority in the Senate to slow down and obstruct business. Mansion uh, and Kirsten Cinema 
of uh, the state of Arizona have said among Democrats that they would not do that. And he commented, he was asked about it again, because let's face it, yes, Biden had a big victory. He won 50-49 under a set of reconciliation rules that can only be used sparingly and on uh, focused on these uh, on these kinds of uh, fiscal issues. But they've got a lot, of, a lot of other business to do, and the filibuster looms large. Here's what Manchin said on Sunday. I'd make it harder to get rid of the filibuster. I'm supporting the filibuster. I'm going to continue to support the filibuster. I think it defines who we are as a Senate. I'll make it harder to get rid of it, but it should be painful if you want to use it. So what he means is that, for example, a rule to make people actually stand on the floor to maintain a filibuster like we remember from Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That's no longer the case. You just start a filibuster and then you can go off and the filibuster stays on until you have the votes for cloture. So you need, in this case, you'd need 10 Republican votes. Rom, what happens? First of all, will that change make a difference? He want, he says, let's make it painful. Uh, so will that make it less uh, used? And secondly, what happens when, for example, you know, and we're going to talk about this in a second, the voting rights bill that the House just passed comes up, which is really an essential piece of legislation. I've had my own personal change on this. I, before I used to be resistant, but it's very clear the Republican Party, when you look at January 6th, you look at what they've done on voting around the country, you look at what's going on. They don't believe in the norms of inclusion when it comes to the political process. And my view is, you have the Democrats, as Yogi Berry said, when you get to a fork in the road, take it. You're going to have to do one of two things. Either the mansion process, which is make basically hollow out the way the filibuster has been used over the last 20 years, or just get rid of it. But it, can't, but, but it cannot stand because they, actually the filibuster has made the House, uh, you know, a divided House cannot stand. We're in that position right now. And it's not an accident if you take two lines. That as the filibuster has climbed in use, presidential use of the executive orders to get action done has also climbed. And if you want that body to start to do what it's supposed to do, doesn't mean everything passes. You're going to have to make what Manchin said, the first step, and I think this is where Schumer's going to go. First pin, make the filibuster so difficult it cannot be in, uh, deployed just randomly. Second, if that doesn't work, they'll go to basically stripping it and eliminating it because of the way the Republicans have acted over the last uh, 10 years, but specifically in the Trump era, they are not serious about uh, this country's project called the democratic experiment. And therefore they cannot be allowed to continue to break it down. But on the filibuster, isn't it true? Cause it, what it looks to me like their strategy is, is pretty good. It's familiar to anybody who grew up, you know, a million years ago, like I did with a, a loving Irish father, which was a lot of great rhetoric about, okay, when my brother and I would act up, you're going to get the belt, you know, and slowly I turn step by step. So they're using the threat of eliminating the filibuster to kind of slow down the filibuster without having to actually get rid of it because they probably don't have the votes. And it seems to be kind of an effective strategy to me. Well, we don't know yet. We'll see uh, whether it is or it isn't. I mean, you know, Biden, Jen Psaki said yesterday his preference is not to do away with a filibuster. And I think he's thinking two years from now, if, uh, if I don't have the Senate, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure that I, 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 I want to be in this position. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, 
the rubber's going to hit the road on this uh, on on this voting rights issue, and they may find a workaround, some way to uh, you know carve that out from uh, the filibuster and leave the filibuster in place. I, I got to be honest. I'm, I was a House member. I'm not a Senate member. But the Senate is, and the institution itself is based on precedent. The idea that you're going to find a one-time fix for this, when the truth is Republicans have some real problems with the base of that bill, I just do. I would be surprised that you can find a carve-out solution for this incident. And you don't have on the Senate side of this kind of the participants that used to be in the group of eight that found some bipartisan. I remember when this crisis happened either on the budget or on judges, there was a group that came together to fix it. And that just became the precedent for a whole new precedent. And that became not a one-time, but a permanent kind of methodology to going forward and i'm just i just really got to i've got to come down to this one view which is that bill is important i think the redistricting in that bill is important let alone the voting access and i think that they're going to have to figure out uh mansion i think his plan is going to be the first one which is you can hold the filibuster but it is going to be ripped of what's happened to it in the past and all the crap that has been going on being able to walk off etc i'll tell you this there's not going to be a senator above the age of 70 who's going to go be able to live with that filibuster if you have to stay on the floor. Okay, then let's take a break right here, and we'll be right back. This is really a message for our friend Robert Gibbs, because I guess we can confess it now that we've canceled our plan. But X and I were planning to knock off his house and get that prize stamp and comic book collection. But now they're simply safe, and frankly, it's in our way. So if you have 30 minutes, you never have to worry about a break-in at home ever again. That's how quick and easy it is to set up a security system from Simply Safe. It's the kind of thing that is so easy to do, you can do it during a Netflix binge, watching the game, or listening to a certain particularly insightful podcast you may know of. All right, we don't need to fill in the blanks there for you. I think you know what we're talking about. But listen, Simply Safe is incredibly easy to customize for your home. You just go to simplysafe.com/hacks. You can easily choose the exact sensors you need or get help from one of their experts. It will get to your house in about a week, which means by this time next week, you and your whole family can go to bed knowing your home is being guarded. It's easy to assume that everyone in your house already feels safe, but they may not be. And it's worthwhile to talk about it. And Simply Safe is a small, easy step to make sure everyone feels safe at home. So go to simplysafe.com slash hacks, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash hacks today to customize your system. And get this, you get a free security camera. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash hacks. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash hacks. Let me ask you guys something. Does anybody, uh, do, I mean, I know that uh, people who are, you know, engaged activists on both sides care about this. Does the public give a shit about this? I mean, are people talking about the filibuster over dinner? I mean, I you know, we always hear people say we want them to work together. And I think people do want them to work together because they want to get things done. Uh, but it seems to me that getting things done may be more important than the 
than the yeah, working I think so. Together. Uh, the filibuster become. I mean, a, on a process level, I don't think anybody cares. But when it is the bloody shirt you wave in a certain fight over a hotly debated piece of legislation, then it kind of comes to life as a symbol. You know, oh, they're blocking whatever we really want out here in real America, or at least this constituency with that damn, you know, filicatuster or whatever the hell it is. It, 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 it's ancillary to the main fight, which does make it important in the right moment. And, you know, it's becoming a symbol on the progressive side of what must be done to have the Senate we voted for. And again, the traditionalists, like Rahm says, uh, including the president, are very wary of it because as Mitch is warned, OK, you know, you you invent the monster. If we take majority, it's our monster. So yeah, I think cooler heads should be against it. I kind of resonate to Manchin on this. One part of your question, David, is I've always thought that maybe the way to bring this up and crystallize this is actually the assault with the men. When you look at our coalition versus the Republican coalition, you look at the politics of where the country is about getting kind of common sense gun control. Whether you have to make a decision, the voting rights, as it's a massive bill, I'm for what is in that bill. But whether for the country to understand the consequences of today's bill of us versus some reform, whether it should be something. Yeah, you got to choose the right fight. I don't know whether it's assault weapons or whether it would, if you're doing guns, it'd probably be universal background checks, which has like 90%. Yeah. Background and gun show loophole does the best. The assault weapon thing is tricky. You know, we litigated that a lot in the nineties. It helped us win races. Let's talk about the voting rights thing. Uh, You know, just yesterday, uh, I think uh, the governor of Iowa signed this bill into place and it would shorten early voting periods and, and do a series of other things. You know, you can't, uh, they wouldn't count ballots uh, that were postmarked on election day that you have to have them delivered before election day. You know, a lot of stuff. Uh, This, despite the fact that everyone conceded Republicans and Democrats, they just had a great election. They had a record turnout. There was very, there were no problems. There's no evidence. We, We, you know, this is, this is, it, this is vote fraud right here, the notion that we need all these changes. And you see it in Georgia and states across the country. Well, the Georgia one is even worse. I mean, the, the Iowa one, you can, you can quibble about election day postmarking. I don't think it's the biggest material thing. I probably would have voted Shorting against it. early voting. The Georgia thing is a real assault. I mean, you know, any free market Republican ought to be for lots of voting. You know, yeah. I, I don't love the automatic absentee ballot. I think like California, though, we're changing it. The old system where you apply to be a permanent absentee voter and then you, you vote by mail is a great system. Hell, Republicans drove it. And now there's this retro thing because they're looking at demographic change. And instead of a changing and modernizing conservatism to appeal to those voters, they're trying to shut them out. It yeah. is anti-democratic. No, that so. is that that is their plan to compete to try and yeah. reduce the electorate to one that they think is more. They're going to try to rig the table more friendly to them. Yeah, I mean, like in Georgia, they want they 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 voted to uh, uh, eliminate a no excuse absentee ballot. Yeah, which is crazy for anyone under sixty five, and a much bigger impact than the Iowa thing. You have so you have a couple pieces here. You have. All the stuff around voting access, and I thought I've always thought the compromise here is Democrats want greater access, Republicans want better election integrity, and you should figure out there's that component. Second, and this may be my own background coming forward, is the whole idea of getting redistricting out of the legislative bodies into kind of commissions or other type of efforts to make districts 
much more competitive than what we what's happened over the last 20 years, which I actually think would get a more bipartisan kind of spirit, both in the House and the Senate. And then third is a component around uh, kind of sunshine around dark money. And every one of those components are needed. That's why this big bill is massive. But I do think this gets back to the connection between this bill and the filibuster, which is basically from Bush versus Gore and the Supreme Court saying we're making a decision for one time, which is ridiculous. The decision around dark money and then the decision around stripping uh, Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. Every effort of the Republicans in the last 20 years is about contorting the political system to restrict people's access and participation. And that's why this bill, in the end of the day, is not only essential, it's essential for because otherwise we're going to continue not just in the political process, this sense of people feeling so estranged in the political system, they'll do something extreme like Donald Trump. Or Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah, no, no, it comes, there's a symmetry to it. Now, you have set me up for the easiest possible Chicago voting joke, but in the spirit of oh increasing, let me, let me, I'm letting you off the hook. In, how many in shows the have we of done? How many, how many voting, times have we I'm not this? even going to go there. I'm not going to talk Where, about how let, many times I voted. We let you off about the idea that your father wanted to beat you with a belt. I mean, well, I, I deserved it, but no, no, he, he threatened to. That was the key, just like blowing up the filibuster. It was always a threat, but it was credible. He did a lot of magic with the belt buckle to make it look like a big countdown. So, <laughs> anyway, it was, it was like Houdini, you know, it took him 20 minutes, you know. It explains a lot. Oh, yeah, believe me. He's still with us, right? Your dad's still no, with us. No, he listens to the podcast. He, uh, yeah, Joe yeah. Murphy, he corrects me all the time. And there were no belt beatings. He'll be on the I, phone I in a minute. I want some tips on how to get you under control here. So I'm going <laughs> to get in touch with him. Well, he uh, he famously told the Detroit News he was a lifelong Democrat. My grandfather was an elected municipal Paul Rahm in the great tradition of the Democratic Party. Uh, he said that I fell out of the stroller when I was three, massive head injury, and it's not been his problem ever since. <laughs> Should we go to our Lindsey Graham moment here, which for yeah. those of us who knew the good Lindsey, I've known him for 20 years, he was a friend, is a neck-snapping amazement where we've got the sound. Why don't we fire it up on the magic board? Donald Trump was my friend. Um, before the riot, and I'm trying to keep a relationship with him after the riot. Uh, I still consider him a friend. Uh, what happened was a dark day in American history, and we're going to move forward. So here's what you need to know about me. I want this to continue. I want us to continue the policies that I think will make America strong. He could make the Republican Party something that nobody else I know could make it. It could make it bigger. He could make it stronger. He could make it more diverse. Um, and he also could destroy it. I assume you want rebuttal time. Yeah, yeah. The the East German judge would get that maneuver from Lindsay a 9.5, which is hard score to get. It's stunning. I assume you guys are equally offended. N- nothing that Lindsay does anymore offends me because, you know, he was the most vociferous. I mean, the things he said about Donald Trump were as tough, I think accurate, but really uh, edgy as anyone. And then he did a 180 and now he is his sort of, uh, he's his, his, his lapdog. So, uh, you know, I don't, it's not that, but I do think it reflects, uh, Murphy, the fact that you are in the minority in your own party. I think Lindsay what? is, Lindsay is a finely calibrated weather vane and he is following the winds 
uh, of the party. I found, you know, you saw Trump the, incredible this week. Uh, Trump, sue, uh, you know, sent a cease yeah. and desist letter oh, to the beautiful. RNC. This is the greatest scorpions in a bottle thing. So the direct mail grifters at the RNC, and I will say both parties have direct mail grifters, but ours are the best, you know, are selling like like Trump shrines to the mail on the installment plan. I mean, I get some of it. It's unbelievable. And the shrines Trump, or the mail? Uh, uh, both. Um, <laughs> and Trump uh, told him, no, you can't use my name, my money, money, money. And they're having a little, the RNC, of course, is backing up. They just moved a big donor summit to Mar-a-Lago where they can get overcharged for bad hors d'oeuvres. It is incredible. And they're fighting over the Trump named gold mine in the grassroots. But, 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 you know, and then they, they issued a sharp retort to him. And then, Ram, they just announced today that they were going to hold their spring meeting yeah, at Mar-a-Lago exactly. and he was going to be the featured speaker. That's because the Russians and the German AFD party both canceled their meetings over in Mar-a-Lago. Give me a guy, break here, guys. You know, look, here's the deal. Lindsey Graham always plays Robin to somebody's back. And in yeah. the past, it was John McCain. Right. Now it's Donald Trump. But that does actually, as you said, Ax, he's an incredible weather vane about where the center of gravity he's playing, is. He's playing Robin to the Joker now. That's the yeah, thing. Well, that, I mean, well, he that, went over to the other side. Oh, I'm even more cynical. You guys, it's, it's more than that. He's running for president. Yeah, he is running for president. That is what he's trying to do. And maybe South Carolina may have three people thinking they can run for president. But it's good. It devalues that primary, which actually is helpful. But go ahead. No, I just, I just think this is Donald Trump's party. And that's why I'm with X. Murph, come to mama. There's no room <laughs> no. for you. Come, come to mama, baby. I, I couldn't vote for that stimulus bill. I'd be unwelcome. Even Manchin would I'd freak him no, out. No, no. no there's I, no room in the Republican Party anymore. That's why there's going to be, there, we're going to be talking about Biden Republicans now. Because Trump owns that party. It is his party. You guys, in the fact is, you look at the fact that people got more upset in the Republican Party over Darren Tandon's tweets than they did over the spending in that bill. You guys are unmoored ideologically. And 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 give, and and I'm telling you, Lindsey Graham going from John McCain to Donald Trump tells you there is no moral uh, north star for you guys. No ethical or principle. Oh, north believe star. me. Tell me what I don't know. Tell me what I don't know. The problem is, and this is why we're all so depressed. If you're a conservative. You can't go to the Democratic Party, so we're going to do it the Chicago way. We're going to bring a gun to the knife fight, and we're going to stay and fight. We're outnumbered 100 to 1, but the honorable thing to do is fight, and that's what we're going to do. And we'll see. I agree it's Trump's party today, but the future in all things is uncertain. It's a worthy fight. We'll see how the primaries go. Well, yeah, no, I think these primaries are going to be really, really important. you got 10 members who voted right, for impeachment. Oh, shut up a second. Party. Wait a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> you have 10 members who, who – uh, you have 10 members who, uh, who voted for impeachments you got one senator murkowski in murkowski they uh <laughs> they have a senator running for re-election who voted uh, to convict um these are going to be big battles liz cheney's primary is going to be a big battle i mean you guys you know those you know fighting fred he, upton in the axelrod district fred will probably get a primary now he was one of the 10 you're right you're right it's going to be a brawl and we're going to fight it out and we may lose but you know sometimes that's all you can do is fight if you win it will be a line of uh, demarcation we also don't know what's going to happen with trump i mean there he's got investigations coming out the right. wazoo that are serious and you know the prosecutors in new york just got his tax returns they seem to be moving 
pretty fast there on his business dealings. He's he's got a lot of problems. So we will. My, my friend, the insurance actuary, says just hold out six years, six point two. In about nine months, when the recruitment season is really in full swing. Will the Republican Party be recruiting candidates against Democrats or will the Republican Party be recruiting candidates against Republicans? And right. I that's, believe that's be, yeah. that is where this game is going. Yep, totally. Donald Trump is on a two-year retributional tour. And it's yeah. oh, yeah. the Republican but, but, recruitment against Republicans. Go get them. You guys rip each other's guts out. I'm all for it. I'll <laughs> but the but there's, one, there's one point to I'll this. I, 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 all right, all right. Um, <laughs> the, the thing, though, what, what has changed a little, it won't change the outcome totally, but it's a big factor, is, and you can see it in Trump's statement about the RNC, you can't use my name to raise money for rhinos like, you know, half the Senate. So the business Republican establishment that tried to appease Trump, Trump has declared war on them. So they have no choice but to fight. Their options are gone. They're in the corner, which, which will make the primary fight a bigger thing. And it's right. It's good for you guys. But we got to solve this because there are a bunch of Republican voters and a small but growing number of Republican leaders who know we're morally unfair fit to govern under the spell of Trump. And so we'd like to be Republicans again. Murph, one of the most significant things underappreciated for the last election wasn't, and I've written about college-educated women becoming more and more Democrat over from Obama to Biden, they grew by 20%, was college-educated men left your party. Oh, I know all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. First time we've lost them. Yes. The question on the men, Ram, is, is do they stay? Was this a one-time deal because they disla- they couldn't abide Trump? It was, they were anti-Trump vote. Right. The Republican Party has become cult. They do not want to be associated with the Visigoths and the knuckle draggers, and they are culturally repulsed. And that is a huge event that happened. And I think Biden is being really smart how he is going about his politics. That's right. Biden was a good landing pad. And that's why he's got to watch the comrades in the Democratic Party, because they can get scary to those same voters. So both yes. parties, how they define themselves in the future is going to settle that jump ball. Yeah, in that sense, Man- Manchin is, is a useful uh, totally ally uh, for him in terms of uh, limiting some of the stuff that that is moving forward uh, in ways that are more in keeping with Biden's goals. All right. Let's take a minute to hear from one of our esteemed sponsors. Mike, you and I may not completely share political views. That should be clear from everyone. <laughs> but, so. but what we do share is a, uh, a robust, long-term battle with, well, we're on the little chunky side. Okay? Uh, speak, that, for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. And I've tried, I've tried lots of things uh, because I love to eat and I love sweet stuff. And breakfast cereal when I was a kid was that. Well, now I've found a great answer. I can have what I love to eat. And it's healthy. And that's Magic Spoon. Well, thank God. I thought you were going to say exercise. No, Magic Spoon is great because <laughs> it's full of protein. And look at the ingredients here. You know, I go to the science. I'm that kind of Republican. Yeah, there are zero, right. you zero the grams of sugar. There are 13 to 14 grams of vital protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving of Magic Spoon. That's only 140 calories a serving, and uh, it's pretty incredible. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And now we've got exciting news. Magic Spoon will be releasing two amazing new flavors this month for a limited time only. We're talking about, oh, man. Cookies and cream and maple waffle. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is, Murphy. 
This is the ultimate treat yourself combo. So make sure you get some while you can for a limited time. You can even build your own box. You can take the flavors you like and build your very own custom bundle. Now, here are a couple that I like. You got your cocoa, your fruity, frosted peanut butter, and my personal favorite, the irresistible cinnamon. So if you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon has taken over the world, and we now ship there too, including maple waffle. Right up the old Canadian alley. Yeah, the Canadians love that. So the flavors are incredible. The ingredients are healthy. You ought to give it a try. Go to magicspoon.com slash hacks to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our promo code HACKS at checkout to save $5 off your offer. The offer is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use the magic word HACKS at checkout. By the way, Axe, how do you get 20 drunk Canadians with a box of Magic Spoon each out of a swimming pool? You hold up a box of maple waffle? No, it's good, but hey, guys, please get out of the pool. Anyway, you can check <laughs> it out at their Magic address right here. And this is this works in Canada, too. The offer is good in both countries, but you've got to use our Hacks on Tap code at checkout. Remember, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash hacks and use the code HACKS to save, to get, oh, to save, I guess, and use the code HACKS to save $5 off. What a deal. Magic Spoon, thank you for sponsoring Hacks on Tap. Indeed. You talk about recruitment. There are an increasing number of Republican senators. Most of them, you would say, are sort of mainstream center-right, non-Trump Republicans. Yeah, they're regulars who are leaving the Senate. Uh, So what does that tell you? Part of it's morale. Part of it's lack of faith that they're going to win the majority back. Roy Blunt this week. Yeah, Roy Blunt from Missouri, a friend of mine, long-term Paul, been governor, been attorney, uh, secretary of state, you know, been everything there in the House. Uh, through the towel in, a lot like Rob Portman. So it is the conservative governing wing of the party that is both aging and losing a little faith in the future, I think. And again, it's another sign. When you put together Burr, Blunt, and Portman, there's there's a narrative there of consistency. These guys were going to be champ. They could have all won general elections. McConnell, you know who's nervous? McConnell's looking at this and saying, these are my allies, these are my right, uh, right, exactly. patriots. And he's now looking at this and going, I'm, the, I'm becoming the odd man out. And the truth is, Trump is surrounding him inside that caucus. And the heat McConnell is going to need a food taster pretty soon at the next luncheon, if he doesn't watch it. <laughs> the Senate is becoming the House yes. on the Republican side. And that is uh, the it's walls grim. are sort of closing in on McConnell. Yeah. Now, speaking of ancient Republican history in a uh, weird transition, the Lincoln Project, (laughs) blown to pieces by the New York Times. On one hand, you know, I kind of hate to see other people who I think were on the right side of the Trump question get ground up. On On the other bigger hand, the facts are awful. I guess I can look back at my Republican career and think, 
the greatest commando raid against the Democratic finance establishment was indeed <laughs> run because these guys in the in the spirit of Madoff and the great train robbery took off with a, a huge amount. I can't tell you how many Hollywood Dems because I, I was over at Republican Voters Against Trump and, you know, we were all for what everybody was doing and we, 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 we put 90% of our money on the air. But I had donors out here say, oh, you don't get it. I'm with the Lincoln Project. They're really, they're really, they've really got the smart plan. I just gave them a million bucks. Well, I wonder what those guys all think today. Yeah, not uh, not a lot of that money found its way onto the air, and a lot of it on the air was aimed at at progressive Democrats who were already there than yeah. uh, than uh, Republicans. So yeah, they've, there's a as uh, Ricky Ricardo said, lots of explaining to do. They have a left side of their brain, which is the consultant side, and the right side of the brain, which was uh, Republican, and the left side of the brain won. Now, that is an insult to the honorable trade of political <laughs> consultants. Plus the neurology. On a poll, we're right there with Chicago politicians on the scale. So I think we ought to hang together on this one. Murph, I got a belt buckle for you. And I'm <laughs> We should talk about what's going on in New York. Yeah. Because, you know, just a few months ago, Andrew Cuomo was the toast, not just of the state, but the country. Uh, and it's kind of unraveled very fast. First, an investigation into how... Uh, they did or didn't disclose how many people had died in nursing homes early in the uh, in the pandemic, which is a sore point uh, for uh, for him and for his uh, his team. Uh, and now, you know, serious investigation going on. And then a, a, a series of charges against him by women, one of which was really searing uh, in The New York Times uh, a couple of Sundays ago. Uh, and and very very credible. Now there's this cascade, as you'd expect for him to resign. Since uh, state senate majority leader of his own party called for it, let's listen to what he had to say about all of that. There are some legislators who suggest uh, that I resign because of accusations that made uh, are made against me. The I was elected by the people of the state. I wasn't elected by politicians. Uh, I'm not going to resign because of allegations. Anybody has the ability to make an allegation in democracy, and that's great. But it's in the credibility of the allegation. No, there is no way I resign. Rom, you worked with him when he was in the cabinet. I worked on one of his campaigns when he ran for attorney general. I don't think there is any way that he'll ever resign. And, uh, you know, I just I think he's going to wait out this attorney general's investigation there that was uh, that has just begun. They just named uh, a couple of lawyers to run it. Yeah, Let me just interject for a sec. June Kim, who's leading it, is one tough prosecutor who's already put a couple of uh, New York Democratic polls into, into big trouble on this kind of stuff. So the investigation is real. But I don't know. There's another person out. Does Biden do something? Uh, first of all, I, I mean, if I was Biden in Biden's White House, I would just say, look, the, the simple thing is, is going to be investigated. You say you're not going to comment on the South Dakota attorney general on the Texas attorney general. I'm not commenting on these things. The thing is, Andrew Cuomo should have, when he said, I'm not resigning, that I'm not seeking a fourth term. He should have put some kind of you got a pound of my flesh here on the bed. I mean, I think he's not going. He's not going to seek a fourth term. I, I think it's impossible for him to run under these of course that, but circumstances. He, but given that he didn't give anything before, he just said, "Well, I tried to do his own investigation, gave up on that investigation." Then on this thing is, I'm not going to resign, and I actually understand that position. 
That said, he should have said uh, at the time, I will not see a fourth term. But he did not create any place where he gave a pound of flesh like that. Yeah, he's not letting any of the pressure out at all. He's just doing no. the stone. Well, I think his strategy is his strategy is to wait for this uh, AG investigation, and then if it's a negative investigation, then he still has that card rom that he can play. But if he plays it now, uh, then he doesn't have any card to play. Uh, now, that he doesn't have a card to play. And I will say that in polling in New York, Democrats, you know, majority of Democrats continue to support him. That could erode. Again, you know, yes. I think some of these charges seem very, very credible. Where's Gillibrand? Has she come out of the shadows yet with the profile? This is coach? a real, this is this, this is really uh, something that, that we have to take a moment on. She was the woman who put her hand in the Al Franken's back and shoved him out of the United States Senate. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was asking for a hearing in front of the Ethics Committee on these charges, and and she shoved him out of the Senate. Now she says, well, everybody's entitled to due process. <laughs> so, you know, it's I mean, you, can, you, don't have to, you don't have to do a whole lot of thinking about what's going on here. I mean, she doesn't want to take Cuomo on in her own state. She should be on the cover of Lindsey Graham magazine, because that, <laughs> that is an amazing, that is an amazing pirouette for her, and it's so cynical. I used to say in white when I was in the house, you know, that I'm firm in my opinions. It's my principles I'm flexible on. And this is a case of that point. Yeah. And that's a principle you live by. I think they're going to grind him down. He'll he'll never. It, it's like Trump. They're going to have to roll him up in a carpet and put a falcon hood on him to get him out of there. But I think Biden may be cornered on this because remember Biden's about to do his big initiative to undo all the Trump stuff uh, in this area in the on federal government. Sexual assault. And yeah, yeah, and it's pretty hard thing. to say. Well, I'm going to fix the federal government, but New York remains a swamp. I've never heard of it. I have no comment. If more women come out, and it's sure these things always come in waves because that behavior repeats itself. They're going to have this long investigation. Now, if I understand it right, the data on the nursing home, you can't screw around with the Justice Department withholding Well, that's data. under federal investigation. That, that is, is the one that I would worry about. Yeah, I mean, that to me, I'm not minimizing. No, it, it's awful. Be, Those stories this, are awful. This idea that you're, uh, because I didn't want to give Trump, you can't, the idea that you're holding back from the Justice Department data and he's tied to it. That has not that he's not tied to the other stuff, but there's going to be an investigation there. But that has actual consequence on people's lives. People die, family members, grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles yeah. lost yeah. their well, lives. That is well, it's also a criminal. I mean, he's hired a criminal defense attorney yes. in that case. But I mean, I don't want to minimize the other. They're both bad. They're and, not minimizing. Uh, and and he. Um, and all I'm, I was just making a comment about his mentality. I, I mean, he is a very, very tough and stubborn character. And I just don't see him, uh, you know, I, I think he will withstand pressure that others, and he will challenge them to impeach and remove him, you know, because I don't think he's going to go of his own volition. <laughs> hey, guys, I got to run. Thank you, Rom. We're going to let you get out a little early. Um, oh, and- thanks. Yeah, I'm gonna go but, get my belt buckle. Yeah, we're we're doing you a favor here, and our listeners, and we're do the mailbag ourselves. Thank he you. Saw, he saw the mailbag and decided I don't want to be any part of this. These questions are too hard. Let's take a minute to do an ad, and we'll be right back. 
You know, X, we're busy cats, and these days it is so hard to find the time to sit down and learn more. It's just not easy when you've got social media, you know, the pursuit of world socialism. It's, it's a long list. So I think we found something that you may find really useful. It's an app I really recommend called Blinkist. Blinkist is for anyone who cares about learning but doesn't have a lot of time. Blinkist takes the key ideas and insights from over 4,000 nonfiction bestsellers, yeah, 4,000, in more than 27 categories and gathers them together in 15-minute text and audio explainers that help you understand more about the core ideas. So you can use those blinks to get into a topic quickly, find new topics to grow from, or to figure out which books you want to spend more time reading or listening to in a deeper way. What's more... Blinkist has teamed up with popular podcast creators to blink those for you, too, so you can get to the heart of a podcast episode quickly. 15 million people are already using Blinkist to broaden their knowledge in 27 nonfiction categories, including self-improvement, personal growth, management, leadership, and mindfulness and happiness. You know, I like Blinkist because I can find the nonfiction books I really want to read, but I don't have time for 428 pages so I can get to the core material. Like right now, I'm really checking out Accidental Presidents by Jared Cohen. Yeah. Uh, You know, don't care much about some of the Accidental Presidents, more interested in others. The Blinks are the perfect way to get at it, and it's a great book. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash hacks to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. All right, here's where I come in to do the tricky spelling because we <laughs> let's just say we've had bad experiences in the past. It's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, or right. Bravo, Lima, India, Norman, Kilo, India, Sierra, Tango. I think I blew one of those. Blinkist.com <laughs> slash hacks to get 25% off, good deal, and that seven-day free trial. That's Blinkist.com slash hacks. You know, Gibbs, every once in a while uh, on Twitter, people will write in and say, Axe, you make me nauseous. But nausea is nothing to joke about. It's like getting stuck in the back of a car and you're kind of a little bit hemmed in and you just you get that feeling and it starts in your stomach. It's not. Yeah. A good and, and, and like you're on your way to something good, a, a celebration or party or something. And now you're nauseous and you can't get rid of it, except there is an answer now. And it's called Relief Band. Tell us about Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural relief with zero side effects. Zero. For as long as needed, the technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to all of us. Here's how it works with Relief Band. It stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. Relief Band is the only over-the-counter wearable device that has been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. If you know somebody who deals with nausea, Relief Band makes a great gift. I'm telling you, Relief Band works. We know from our own experience, we sent one to our engineer who often gets nauseous during our shows, and he reports 100% cure. Don't fall for those cheap bands you see in drugstores or on your Instagram feed. All right. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer 
just for our Hacks listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code HACKS, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code HACKS for 20% off plus free shipping. If you've got a mailbag question, send it to the hacks at hacksontap at gmail.com, hacksontap at gmail.com. Send your comments and insults that way too. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite pod platforms. Really helps the show uh, get out, leave a comment, or share the show, which you can do on that software with your friends. All right, Axe, here's a question for you. Elena wants to know, and she even uses your name here, X. I work in communications on the Hill, and I'm wondering what you learned from communicating on the 2009 Recovery Act. How can Democrats best communicate on the American Rescue Plan, which has so, capitals, much good stuff in it? What do you think, X? I'm thinking she probably works on the Democratic side on the Hill. <laughs> I think uh, I think she might. Elena, it's the I, I agree with you. It has a lot of great stuff in it, and it's different than the uh, than the Recovery Act in 2009. Uh, in that, people are going to get uh, immediate relief that they can see and feel. Uh, the key here is that you lift up different elements of. Uh, the uh, of the rescue plan and and highlight those. I mentioned a couple earlier. I think that, you know, and I I actually have seen focus groups of Republican voters who very much support uh, the child tax credit uh, or uh, that the refundable tax credit. Uh, people believe that families uh, should uh, get some uh, support uh, who are raising kids, and and that's a really popular element of this, but there are many others. And I would spend the next few weeks really, really lifting up different elements uh, of this plan and giving them uh, a lot of attention. Uh, because the danger is that you, as you point out, that you can have a really good plan that comes and goes and, and people are less aware of it. But again, I think the fact that people are going to be getting checks in, in their accounts, uh, on a regular basis, even this child care, uh, even this child credit is going to come in monthly allotments. Uh, that's going to make it a lot harder to ignore uh, what the Congress has done and what the president has done. Elena, we've already argued in the show about why I don't like the, a lot of the policy there. So I'll skip that and just tell you, we have to curb your wicked ways here. So if, thank you for listening. But if you email us at axontap at gmail.com, I will send you an autographed copy of The Road to Serfdom by Professor Hike. I'll even get Axelrod to autograph it, although he'll add a note about don't believe a word. Well, send her an autographed copy of the 2017 tax cut, 83% of which went to the wealthiest uh, people in America. We're, we're throwing Throw that one in and Axel sign that one in blood. So you got a whole package coming if you email us. Ethan, name of my son, I, I love that name, uh, wrote in, but I don't think it is my son, uh, wrote in and said, I keep hearing about GOP state parties and state party chairs and their censuring of elected officials. What are their roles and how much power do these people and organizations actually hold? Ethan, that is an incredibly great question. Thank you for it. So here's the deal. They have a certain standing. Uh, so the press reports them like 
1932 and there's a big machine now that's rising against a given politician. In truth, they're kind of like the model railroad collectors club. They have more to do with kind of the interpersonal dynamics of the of the activists who want to be at the head table and wear the conductor hat than they do the millions or hundreds of thousands of actual Republican voters in a given state. So they are they are the 1% of the 1% in the activist world. So that doesn't mean it's not a PR problem, but their real power in most places is tremendously limited. Uh, it used to be in some states, I remember particularly New Jersey, that the county chairman had real power because in the primary they could put you on a ballot line where you were the regular Republican candidate. They could also endorse. I remember doing a primary in Minnesota where our candidate – um, in the convention, won the endorsement. So we were able to run ads saying in a Republican primary, the officially endorsed Republican Party, not the pro-Democrat fake Republican, and it worked. So the brand has certain power in the media, but organizationally, it's a relic of the past. And if you want to learn more about this, uh, Google Ben Sass, the senator from Nebraska, who did a great video talking about the Nebraska Central Committee when they censored him uh, censured, for voting yeah. Yeah, against uh, Trump and the impeachment thing. So highly over overrated uh, Potemkin army in most situations. And we should point out that over the last uh, four, four years, the Trump forces have uh, have taken over many of these state parties. And while I think that Trump is the prevailing wind in the Republican Party right now, the state parties are even more in his thrall. Totally. Let's hit the last call because I got something to say. Uh-oh. Last call. So just back to the first discussion, Mike, on the uh, on the package that was passed by Congress, the uh, American Rescue Plan. I, I have to, as a practitioner and as someone who served in the White House, I have to say I think the uh, the Biden team and the president himself have been very very deft uh, to this point. Uh, the 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 uh, navigation of this through uh, the Congress. The doing it without uh, demonizing or, or, or uh, uh, you know, name calling uh, of Republican opponents. He was meeting with Republicans on other issues, even as this was going on, signifying that, hey, just because we disagree on this doesn't mean we can't work together on other things. I think that was a great uh, and positive signal. Um, you know, I just think they have been very, very deft. And one way they've been deft, there's a great piece uh, uh, in the uh, uh, by the AP the other day. Um, you know, they use Biden properly. You know, there's a lot of complaint by reporters that they're not, you know, he's not doing any press conferences and he's not answering enough questions and so on. They're using him really well that he is communicating when he has something to communicate. He's doing it on his terms. And after Trump, I think people are all not, not all that eager to hear from the president uh, all the time. That may wear off. Uh, but I, I just think in in almost every way they've made some mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but you got to give them very high marks for how they've handled their politics uh, during the first uh, uh, months of this administration. No, they look again. I have a lot of policy disagreements. I think the thing was way too big, and the history will see it as a mistake and overkill. But. It, they did it the Biden way. They they know the main lesson. Let Biden be Biden. Tonally be Biden. And it was adroit. You know, they, 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 they didn't polarize. Biden ran on it. He said it was right. He had the votes with a little help from Manchin's modification to get a simple majority in the Senate. It's reconciliation so you can do it. It all worked. And it, it, I agree with you. It was adroitly managed and it reflected the tone of the whole thing 
fit the Biden people voted for. So as political stagecraft, it was well done. And there are, you look, there are going to be a lot of challenges down the line. They they have one right now welling up at the border. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I just having been through this and having, uh, you know, had to do something similar in 2009, uh, you know, my hats are, uh, my hats off to them for the, for the job they, uh, they did on this. Anyway, brother, we're out of time. Thank you, Axe. It was a great show. Enjoyed it. Good to be with you. Thanks, Rahm Emanuel. And we'll see you all next week. Tune in.